Hello and welcome to 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One, the podcast that takes your freelance issues and tackles them one episode at a time. I'm Katie Carlisle, one of your co-hosts, and I'm a freelance web designer and trainer. My name's Michelle Pratt of Dive Deeper Development, and I run a coaching and training business. And it's a big welcome back from us as we actually had a month off podcasting as I was moving house. So I'm now recording this remotely. So apologies for the sound quality if it's not great. We're experimenting with recording over Skype. Uh, So I'm now living in Anglesey by the sea, which is amazing. Um, But we obviously want to carry on with this podcast. So we're going to experiment with doing it remotely and see what happens. So it seemed very fitting to tackle one of the problems that we had on our list, which was managing big life events whilst freelancing. So I'll be talking a little bit about how I've handled moving house and how I've kind of worked that in with my freelancing um and Michelle um you had something similar um was it now two years ago when you got married yeah and took, took a bit of time yeah. off Two years ago, and um, yeah, not only did we have the wedding, of course, but we went round traveling around Europe for a month on our honeymoon. So um, yeah, like pretty much six six weeks out out of the year, um, and that was something we had to communicate with, obviously, my clients. So we've talked in previous episodes about taking time off for holidays. We covered that in our Christmas episode. But I think it's a bit different when big life events take over. And it's it's not just that you're, you know, taking off a week to go on holiday and sit in the sun or you, you're off over Christmas when a lot of other people are off. Because actually, it's not just the time when you say you're on your honeymoon or it's for me, it wasn't just the time actually physically moving house. It actually takes a lot of admin time uh, planning a wedding, planning a house move, uh, you know, planning any big life events, really. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about, how we manage that. So, Michelle, did you find that in the run up to your wedding, you were having to use quite a bit of your time that you'd normally spend freelancing to do kind of what's it called? Wedmin. Wedding, wedding admin. <laughs> oh god yeah I mean yes I, I took a lot of time because we were doing a festival wedding so it was a bit of a DIY wedding as well so it's not just like liaising with uh, venues it's pretty much des- designing creating bunting banners all that kind of thing uh, inviting people I built a website so yeah loads of admin time as well so there's quite a bit of work involved in the lead up to that um, so there wasn't really was an awful lot to do um, uh, as well and I think I think one of the things that um, I found was, yes, it took a lot of my time. So I had to balance that with the work that I had and made sure I had enough time to do my work as well as doing all the wedding stuff, which was both a little bit stressful, but also quite fun, um, as well as preparing my clients for the fact that I wasn't going to be around for for four weeks, and including four weeks where I actually normally get a little bit busy, which is always a bit of a sensitive subject. So that was actually your busiest time of the year or one of your busiest times of the year was when you actually were then literally going around Europe in a camper van. Yeah, pretty much. So September. So we decided to do the first. Uh, to, we were away for whole of September, and um, but it's because it's when the school holiday, the schools go back. But of course, um, as soon as you get to September, in most businesses, most people I train or coach, that's like January again. You know, everyone's got their good intentions after being away for the summer break. Everyone focuses back on work. Of the training uh, dates start to go in, so it was a bit of a sensitive one to, to handle and. Uh, not ideal I wouldn't do it ordinarily I'd no- I normally plan my holidays around the busiest time but on this occasion it was just the right thing to do for us so it just needed a bit of managing really 
And you talked about preparing your clients for for you not being available. What kind of steps did you take to prepare them for for removing yourself from from kind of the equation? Yeah, that was. I mean, the first thing was something like that. I think, um, unlike a house move, Katie, maybe it's a little bit different. But this one, I knew well in advance what we were going to do. So I think one of the things was just to tell people well in advance that that was going to happen. And um, one of the things that I did was actually just speak to to some of my regular clients who I knew, although we hadn't. Uh, perhaps put certain things in the diary it was likely to impact them and one of the things I did was go back to them and say look I know I've declined a couple of dates in September I just want you to know I still love you Um, (laughs) I'm not declining the dates because I've got other work or I'm with other clients behind your back Um, the reason I I really enjoy working with you and the reason why um, I'm not available in this period is simply because I'm I'm getting married and I'm going on honeymoon and just to tell them really far in advance is really helpful and just to say look I really like working with you this is not I'm not rejecting you for that reason it's because I do have a big life event happening and that's why and I think the other thing as well is I think I I mean I really like to develop relationships with people and and to care about the people that I'm working with as well as the the kind of the business if you like so I really care about my clients life events I'm very flexible when they have to pick up children or the certain times when they can't respond to my emails or phone calls and I think if you pay it forward and you develop that kind of relationship with other people not only are they understanding when you can't be there but they are they actually get really excited for you as well and you can start to talk about the trip and how cool and exciting it is so I think I think laying the groundwork well in advance uh, as far as you possibly can I think it makes an enormous difference and most people are happy to work around things provided you give them enough notice to do so. Yeah I definitely agree with that in terms of giving people advance notice that was one of the things that I think made it a lot less stressful for me so when i Obviously, yeah, there's the kind of admin and everything running up to the move. And then when I actually moved, I took two weeks off, which is probably the only time since I started freelancing that I took two weeks off and it was like completely off. I didn't check my email. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, well, I, I actually could I actually couldn't answer my phone because where, where I'm living at the moment, we don't have any mobile phone reception. And, uh, and my previous phone didn't allow me to do Wi-Fi calling. So I literally couldn't take calls, which was kind of nice because it, it kind of took that choice away from me. Um, but yeah, we, we basically, we moved. And then the week after we moved, we had uh, my boyfriend's parents come to visit for a week as well. And so it was literally like, I'd, even if I'd have wanted to do work, I couldn't have. And so I was so grateful that I'd taken the time in the run up to it to, yeah, like you say, Michelle, let let people know and say like, yeah. yeah. I was, gonna gonna say? Say, I was gonna say like I, I I kind of knew what I was doing well in advance the dates from the diary your yours to an extent were at the mercy of the the people that you're you were taking the house over from so in terms of the timing how did you tee that up with with clients given yeah, that you were 100% mean, I, in control yeah yeah I mean I, I so I've I mean I like like you were talking about before Michelle like you know with with building up those relationships so I've been planning this move to Anglesey, Anglesey for like over a year so I've been banging on about how I'm moving to Wales for a really long time so I think the groundwork was already laid that like I was going to be physically removing myself so so for local clients um which probably I'd say at least half of my clients the ones that I would ordinarily have met face to face around Manchester or Sheffield or the Peak District um I'd already started laying the groundwork with them that I wasn't going to be 
physically there for them and that that was okay and that they shouldn't panic um so I started kind of weaning them off me a little bit before I even moved so where normally we might have a face-to-face meeting I'd say actually can we do it over the phone instead so I kind of got them used to me not being there physically even when I was there physically um and I was actually quite lucky in that the house that we're in at the moment is a rental house so we had a little bit more control over the dates but even then um, you know, we, we didn't know until quite near the time exactly when it would be available. So it was just kind of saying to people at some point in the next few months, I'm going to be unavailable. And to an extent that that informed when we took the rental house as well, because if I'd have tried to take it in April, I wouldn't have given people enough notice. And I think that would have been a real struggle. So that's why we decided to, to move in May instead. Um, so I think, yeah, if you, you know, the less control you have, the more you just have to work with those relationships. And, and I think people were really excited for me, like they were saying about you, you know, they're really happy that, that something nice was happening. Obviously, if, if you're, you know, there's, there's some, there's really happy big life events. So there's, you know, weddings and house moves and new babies and things like that. But there's also big life events that are not necessarily happy. So I think that's one thing that I was you know, lucky in that it was something that I felt quite happy to share with clients. But Michelle, what would you advise people to do if they've got something that's kind of, you know, going to require them to take time off? So maybe it's caring for somebody, you know, a relative um, or a family member who's unwell or, or even something like a funeral. What what would you recommend to people for that? Yeah, and I think that's where, um, I think that's, again, it's where those relationships come into play because I think, again, it's, Casey, we talk about this a lot. I think it comes down to communication. So, you know, we had a death in, in, in our family, which was an absolute, you know, total shock. And, um, it was quite difficult in terms of the funeral. I was in the middle of a big project at the time and, I, and I'd literally signed up and committed. And it was, you know, it was the case that if I couldn't deliver, I'd signed a contract. For, for getting cover and I think um luckily it didn't pan out that way we could we could arrange a funeral at a time when everyone was able to to, to make it um and you know what well, that really slowed me down uh, I wouldn't say that I had to to stop working but I just found that I couldn't go with the pace that I was doing it so I do think communication is key I think if you have a good relationship with with some of those people and then you don't have to unburden your your woe onto them or your 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 pain onto them but I think you can tell people what's going on and I think that might be quite hard sometimes to do with people in a professional capacity but I think it is normally better if you just say to people look I'm not not being evasive or awkward it's just that we've had a family you know a tragedy or I've yeah you don't have to go into detail about exactly what has happened most people have got enough sense to to kind of infer from what you're saying what's happened yeah and I I think think, like you say like asking for flexibility and 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 I think also like suggesting suggesting ways to to kind of still be able to to help your clients even if you're not going to be in a position to offer them as much time like when I had a situation last year where um I had a funeral and on the same day the I was supposed to be delivering a workshop for the University of Chester um and and again look I felt like I was able to do this because I had an existing relationship with them um and I said to them look you know and this has been scheduled for you guys for months and I know you promoted it so I don't want to let you down by cancelling it but I have to go to this funeral um and so what 
I ended up doing was saying, what what about if I actually pre-record the workshop and then you guys can play it over, you know, that you can kind of play it in the workshop and then you can actually, but, but what I did is actually made it into a, a benefit. So I said, actually, you know, you, you've had a case in the past where people have not been able to come to the workshops at short notice. And so if it's pre-recorded, you can actually send it out to a wider people. So you're actually going to benefit more people. Um, and they were quite happy to let me do that. And they still paid me the same amount and everything else. Um, and, and actually, interestingly, after that, the next time I went to deliver a workshop, they had their own in-house video team recording it because they really liked the idea of having a video that they could then share with people after the workshop. Um, so me suggesting that actually kind of kick-started a new idea in their brain as well. Yeah. So I, I think, I think like, if you so can be creative about how you can still help people, even if you're not able to give them quite as much time or energy at that point then I think showing willing goes a long way yeah I think showing willing is key I think you've still got to prepare to be prepared to fulfill your responsibilities yeah and if you have committed to stuff come hell or high water ideally you need to need to fulfill those obligations so one thing is you may there may be things you still have to do or like you say Katie at least put in place to work around um, but if but also but I think the balance is you know I said that, that I was going a lot slower work-wise I couldn't do the same volume or pace of work that I was and I think you have to be honest so I, I managed that situation by just not taking on as much work and and to be very honest and, and self-aware about what I could and couldn't do and what I couldn't couldn't cope with and and just um yeah not taking on too much and saying no or just being realistic about timescales. And again, that comes down to communication. I, I would probably add to that as well. I think, again, forward planning. I mean, we talked in another episode, Katie, about you know how to keep the show on the road and what to do in advance. And I think this is where networking with other professionals is really, really valuable. If you are able to, if you have a good network of people uh, and you've got those relationships, I think what you can do is go out to people and say, look, I've, I'm in a bit of a situation can anyone cover this for me? And if you've got go to people that you can pass work to um, and recommend as by way of a fix or a workaround, I think that normally helps things as well. Definitely. And I, I mean, I try to have people that I know I could in an, you know, in an emergency pass stuff onto, even when I don't foresee any particular problems happening. And I actually say that to clients and say, look, you know, I, I am just one person and so if something happens to me I want you to feel safe that your project is still going to continue so just want you to know that I do know other Squarespace web designers that if I had to I could you know pass this project on to them and they could take it on um, and I think that's been really helpful it's given me a lot more peace of mind being able to to say that to people um, obviously with a workshop it's a bit more of a challenge but when it's something that that maybe it's a slight delay to the client but ultimately their project still gets done then you know it's you just have to work out how to manage it financially but um but I think yeah that's definitely a way that I found gives me peace of mind yeah I think definitely I mean the client they just wants the job done they don't want their business to be impacted because something's happened that's impacted your business and so the as much as you can minimize that or or help them out I think the, the, the better really yeah and I think as well like um one of the things you mentioned before was you know just you know deciding in advance making you know, pl planning in advance and I think one of the things to do with that planning as well just again to manage client expectations is to decide how available you'll be when you're unavailable if that makes sense if you're going to be yeah. out of office so like for example normally if I'm on holiday I, I'll have my work phone with me 
I do I have a separate phone once for work once for my personal life because I like being able to have the option of leaving my work phone behind but still kind of being in touch with the world um but normally if I'm on holiday I'm quite happy to check my emails like you know or, or or you know dip in and do a bit of work while I'm on holiday like it doesn't bother me at all I'd rather almost go and check my emails and know what's going on rather than in my head work up this scenario that oh god what if there's my I've got 7,000 emails and everybody's having a meltdown in my inbox and I know that's not going to be the case but sometimes I worry about it and so for me when I'm when I'm on holiday quite often I am actually still available but I knew for for the house move I was like I am I'm going to be completely unavailable so I had to really express what's this emphasize that to clients because they're used to me being on holiday and they're like all right yeah yeah yeah." no no but I'm I'm really on holiday this time like I'm super on holiday um and so I think it was it was deciding how available I was going to be and being realistic with myself to say right okay am I gonna am I am I gonna be able to check in you know don't kid yourself that you're going to be able to do that work if you're actually not realistically going to have the time and I always say to clients even when I'm on a, on a, a normal holiday I I'm, I manage their expectations to say look I'm, I might be popping into my emails every so often but don't expect anything from me until the end of my holiday but I will quite happily reply to stuff I don't kind of refuse to acknowledge people but I still don't do as much and it's more just kind of triaging and responding rather than actually doing the work yeah I I take this quite I'm quite lucky because when I I tend to go away or like when I went away for the month in the camper van uh, I I, I love it because it's just like well obviously I'll check my emails periodically for anything urgent but I can't guarantee I'm going to have a signal yeah (laughs) I could be in a field (laughs) probably in a field so yeah I can't promise but I think you're right and Katie do you think I don't know. I don't know what you think. I just as we're talking this through, I wonder if there is a certain rash, rationality to forecasting life events. Like some of the things we've yeah. talked about, funerals, you can't forecast those. We don't know when people are going to drop dead. I hope, you know, because that would be a bit sinister. But, um, you know, like I, I suppose at the beginning of each year, I try and think of the big things. I do my year's planning, but I try and think about the personal stuff as well and try and think what's coming up, any big birthdays, any people getting married, uh, any babies on the way. And I, I know we can't always forecast these things, but do you think there's a ra- sort of rationale to, to having a, a plan or to just kind of foreseeing what might come around the corner, I guess? Definitely. And, you know, you could even go to the extreme of, of having an option for, uh, you know if, if if something bad were to happen what would you do because I think in the world of work when you're employed if you had to take sick leave or if you had to take carers leave yes it would be tricky with your job but ultimately you would be covered by your employer for at least a sick leave I don't know how it works with carers leave but um, you know like your 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 employer would work something out they'd get somebody in to replace you it, it just it's a bit easier with freelancing I think if if it's just you if you are the person that's delivering that work and you are not available then that is a real risk to your business so I think as as kind of morbid as it might seem I think it's actually worth thinking what if the worst happened and actually having a bit of a backup plan or you know plan b to to say right okay I'm hoping that I'll never have to enact this but if everything went wrong, what would I do? And actually, yeah. maybe even, you know, when you're doing your monthly planning or whatever, I don't, you know, 
people plan in, in different amounts people sometimes plan a week ahead sometimes people plan like a minute ahead sometimes you plan three months ahead but I think if you've been doing planning for a month or three months ahead put in space for unexpected things it could be a good thing it could be a bad thing but allow that space for something unexpected to creep in and that way even if nothing happens you've got those t- days that you've maybe set aside to having a bit of a buffer in your schedule to kind of mop up time um I think is really helpful and the, the worst that happens then is if you don't need it for a life event you've got those two days either as holiday or to do some business development or you know to use for your business in a way that maybe you wouldn't normally so I think oh, definitely it, planning is good yeah we've talked and we've talked about these like these at work and and life like the things that clash but sometimes they could be complementary can't we so I guess it was a plus side because if you've got a huge network of, of clients and of colleagues or associates then I guess you know if you're trying to plan a wedding or if you're trying to plan a house move they normally know a good solicitor or they normally know a good venue or they normally know yeah, a good caterer true. yeah yeah the more people you talk to, the, the chances are, the more ideas and input you get as well. So there's always that. Well, I think that. I'm going to have some clients coming to say hi to me because quite a few of them have said, oh, we're going to Anglesey over the summer. Uh, so I think we're going to meet up for a little coffee or something. And so that's been really nice. And it's actually, uh, that yeah, that kind of, you know, actually like making it into a nice thing for them. Like, oh, brilliant. We'll catch up then and um, doing it that way. Um, and I think, yeah, with, with the, um, ah, it's, it is, it is that, that kind of that that balance I know some people want to keep work totally separate um and 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 not feel like it's being infringed on by life or vice versa um but I I quite like taking advantage of freelancing and having it so that it is a bit more flexible and um I think you know when you when you're planning a house move or a wedding actually the reality is a lot of the stuff you have to do tends to be during daytime admin hours and if you're freelancing your part you know if you've got a partner who is at work and can't make phone calls from work then it's very useful to have somebody who is freelance that is able to do that um and we're going to be talking about like supportive partners and and how to kind of get family and friends on board in a future episode but um I think you know it's obviously you have to balance it so you're not it's not taking over your life but it's useful to be able to have that time during the day to do that admin stuff that's true for the wedding I was able to take a lot of deliveries and I was able to go back and forth with a lot of companies whereas my wife works in the lab and if she's in the lab she's literally she's in the lab with her gloves on and her goggles and she can't she can't do any of that kind of admin stuff so it definitely helps um yeah so I guess that you're right there is an advantage as well of course this is partly the reason of, of what we go freelance for yeah, and I think if you were, you know, if you were worried about the the big life event taking over too much of your freelancing time, then you could actually set aside specific times of the day to say, right, okay, between nine and ten in the morning, I'm going to allow myself to do this life admin stuff, but then after ten o'clock, it's it's work time. So there's ways of doing it flexibly, but still keeping it quite strict. And actually, if you if you kind of if you actually treat the admin for a life event as a bit of a job in and of itself then it it can be it, it you know if you, if you treat it as a job and think actually by being me having this time I'm able to save us money for example um then I think that can also help you to kind of get your head around how it's going to fit in and work out the benefits you know it's like okay yes this is taking time away from freelancing but here are the benefits here's what's here's what it's saving us here's the money it's saving us here's the time or energy it's saving us by me being able to do this 
yeah it saved us a small fortune on the wedding actually we've been able to do that stuff from home so definitely and so a lot of stress i don't think you can put money on the on the on the stress that you're saving as well <laughs> and, and and so katie one thing another thing i wanted to ask you was i quite often hear people say that when they're out of the office or when they're away on holiday they they like to still be visible to the outside world so it just doesn't all go quiet and i know some people schedule their social media so there's still something going on where they're not around and I think you've experimented with scheduling social media before is that something you'd recommend doing and what sort of things should you be mindful of if you're going to do your media in advance? Um, yeah so I've with Freelance Folk which is a community I run for for freelancers where we kind of uh, do pop-up co-working events and I kind of promote a lot of events for that bring freelancers together um, with that I've actually got a virtual assistant so um I did have some social media scheduled whilst I was away so she 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 has been scheduling social media for me so that so there has been bits and pieces going out whilst I've been away but I would say the thing with that is that um I, I only pay her to do the scheduling I don't pay her to do the engagement because I still want to do that but of course if you're not available if people comment or write something on your social media while you're not there then it, unless you're checking your social media, then you're not going to be able to reply to them. So so I would say it, it's a tricky balance. If, if you're just kind of doing something which is a bit more of like a broadcasting thing um, and doesn't require, you know, is less likely to generate comments, then that's probably okay. Um, but do be aware of managing people's expectations in the wider world. Um, so I didn't do anything for my own social media. And I think I did actually put that I was moving um, on my own Twitter, but then for freelance folk, I had a kind of basic, basic presence going on. Um, but I think that is a really good point. That yeah, like it's not just your clients who are used to hearing from you; it's your kind of wider world on social media. So I think probably that's probably something I neglected a little bit with my house move. I didn't really announce on social media oh this is what's happening and actually I'm very aware that we didn't do it with the podcast either we didn't sort of say right this is the last episode and I'm going to be moving so I actually it was quite nice because I actually had somebody message me saying oh have you stopped doing the podcast and I was like oh somebody noticed we were gone it's amazing I got asked the same thing as well yeah which is really nice um but yeah we I, I, you know in hindsight yeah we should have actually thought not just clients but actually who else is going to who else is going to who else will miss you who else is going to notice you're going to be gone so what I probably should have said is I'm not going to be on social media much and you put that as a pinned tweet or something to say like if you need to get in touch with me I'll be back after this date um so that's one thing I didn't really do very well I don't think I didn't really think about if people were messaging me on Facebook would I reply and things like that um because uh, yeah I don't have Facebook on my work phone and so yeah I mean I hate Facebook anyway but um but yeah I think scheduling it, it might be, if you, if someone's scheduling it might be worth ha having somebody who can do sort of basic engagement for you whilst you're away if somebody else is scheduling it if you're doing your own scheduling it then it's up to you, you know, are you willing to kind of have notifications on and and kind of go on to instagram or twitter or facebook or whatever and quickly reply to comments whilst you're doing other things or is your you know is that going to be the last thing you're worrying about if you've got other stuff going on um and if so then maybe just manage people's expectations about which I think is kind of what's come out of this whole conversation is that it's it, it's about managing people's expectations and actually then 
you're not disappointing anybody or letting anybody down yeah definitely and I think as I say I think the big one for me is just building those good relationships I know with some of the clients they might be quite transactional in the way you work depending on what you do but I do think those little extra touches where you talk about life stuff and build that goodwill in advance I think and pay that forward can really really help and then the only other thing I'd say really is like be be honest with yourself about what you can and can't handle and start saying no if you need to like early on um and that was something we've talked about in episode 17 we did a whole episode about saying no um and it's something that historically I've always struggled with which I, and I've done much better this year um thanks in no small part to some coaching with Michelle um but I think I think know know that you probably are going to have less time if you've got these big life events coming up um and and start start saying no to things early on so for me for example client project typically takes um well if I'm doing a website I'd say you know six to eight weeks is a, a kind of quick quick turnaround it can take a few months so I need to be thinking if I knew I was moving in May I'd have to be starting to say no to projects in like February um so I probably didn't start quite as early as that but I certainly started saying from people probably from about March onwards I was saying to people look I can take this project on but just be aware that I've got this this time in the middle that I'm not going to be available um and so I'm not going to be able to do stuff but actually there were some things that I said actually it was quite nice to have an excuse actually that I didn't want to do I was like actually I'm just I'm moving house I can't take this project on sorry um and that was quite nice (laughs) yeah it's a good excuse. Well, this is all good stuff for me. I'm uh, moving house, hopefully soon. I'm quite lucky because it is likely now, I think, to fall in August, which is my quietest month by far. No one wants to do personal development when in, in August when it's sunny and they're thinking of being on the beach drinking sangria or whatever. So um, <laughs> I, I should get lucky. But yeah, something I'm going to have to manage going forward, Katie. I think um, both in terms of becoming a landlord and uh, a new home, another homeowner as well. It's something I'm going to have to manage going forward too um yeah I, yeah same I'm gonna have to move house again when I go from the rental house into our next house that we buy but I'm but at least I'm gonna be nearby now so that's gonna make it a lot easier um so I think I've done the big hurdle which is the main thing yeah you've relocated to Wales which is a pretty pretty big life event I think yeah exactly so now it's just a case of yeah trying to um get involved with the local communities here with you know find some find some Wales freelancers I don't know if we have any Welsh listeners if you're around North Wales then give me a shout um but but yeah I think um I think that's probably covered most of the things that we wanted to talk about for this episode and as I say um uh, our next episode that we're going to be doing is talking about um getting friends and family on board for you, for your freelancing so if you've ever struggled to have that conversation and explain what you do to friends and family then make sure to subscribe so that you get our episode uh next week as well um but in the meantime if you want to get in touch with us we're on social media apart from when we're having big life events um i'm at the wheel exists on twitter and uh instagram and sometimes on facebook <laughs> yeah mine is dive deep dive deep depth i can't even say it d-i-v-e d-e-p d-e-v-p there we go and we will see you next time for a future episode of 99 problems and a boss ain't one bye everyone bye